Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bow, and myself continue our discussion on the fifth petition of the Lord's Prayer. Sit back and enjoy. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I'm Pastor Brett Bow. Have with me Pastor Jason Goodham and Pastor Brian Rickey. Awesome. We did it right. Yeah. All right. That's, that's right. We're back in the groove. What, what do you think of the vocation show that I introduced last? <laughs> the vocation show? Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I have a, a very distant down the road podcast I'm, I'm chewing around in my head that would basically really? be taking current events and putting the vocational spin on it. And to top it all off, we also have vocation all over in the news, thanks mm-hmm. to uh, yes. Jeffrey Owens. Yeah, that was and interesting. The, the former Cosby Show actor, who mm-hmm. uh, the, the, someone said, and I thought it was hilarious. They took that a this picture is of the him. first time Twitter's worked for good, yeah, right. rather than for for awfulness, mm-hmm. because of the outcry against the shaming he received for having a day job. I, I thought yep. it was glorious. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, funny. So, anyhow, there you go. Yep, the vocation show. Well, the we'll look forward to hearing show, yeah. what you produce down the road. Yeah, well, we'll see. It's I, I have a tendency to overextend myself. <laughs> I currently, right now, also am overextended. I'm responsible for a couple articles I need to write for their various publications mm-hmm. and weekly homework assignments and mm-hmm. weekly Bible studies and Sunday school plans and sermons. And You're such yep. a good pastor. Yeah. I, I think I'm actually a terrible pastor because I, uh, I'm always overextending myself. <laughs> That doesn't isn't that like the the kind of litmus test of a good pastor? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's not a pastor in the world right now saying, you know what, I have nothing to do. I yeah, have no right. idea what I should do with my time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, for sure. Yeah, there you go. But we are still continuing to talk about the fifth petition. Yes. Uh, the wonderful message of forgiveness in Christ Jesus mm-hmm. and the already and not yet reality to that. So, yeah, I don't know. I think it's such a wonderful thing, but I think I agree with you. Last podcast, Jason, you said something that I think that is kind of profound and it kind of got my wheel spinning of how the church does misunderstand sin a lot. And I think that we also understand, we don't really understand, or we, I here, I want to rephrase that. So let me restate that. I think another thing that church, um, really could use a refresher course, especially the American church, is what we're talking about, mm-hmm. is the forgiveness of sin and the returning to the cross as this life of confession and mm-hmm. repentance that leads to salvation without regret, you know, that mm-hmm. whole picture of this cycle. Well, and, and, and the problem the church has with forgiveness is this misunderstanding the nature of sin, and it goes back to what we were talking about last episode on sanctification. The, the proper model is that cyclical method where mm-hmm. we're we're walking in God's word, guided by it, using it as instructions for our lives. But then the sanctification actually happens when we realize under the conviction of sin that we failed to obey God's word. And mm-hmm. our response is not to do better, try harder, or, or any of those. It's to repent. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where sanctification happens. The church at large, especially the American church, treats the Christian life uh, as a means of sin avoidance. Mm -hmm. And if the Christian life becomes a Hmm. a matter of sin avoidance, first of all, forgiveness of sins all but disappears Mm -hmm. because it's not It becomes something that's just for us at the beginning of of our Christian life. The cross is for conversion Mm -hmm. and the rest is up to us. And the problem of sin avoidance 
is that even if we were to successfully root out a sinful behavior from our lives, Mm -hmm. to get rid of a habit, and an easy example, this is not a comment of sinfulness or not, if you quit smoking, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you were to get rid of it, the question is now, if you did that, are you any less of a sinner than you were before you were doing it? And the answer is no. Right. Biblically speaking, sin is a part of who you are now because of original sin, and it, we can't avoid sin to the point where we're perfectly sinless. Mm-hmm. And, and so for the church then, it has to come back around to the church needs to be about the business of applying the gospel of forgiving sins. Mm-hmm. And then where the Christian comes into play then is that the Christian life is anchored in the assurance of that forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And I think assurance is such a, a huge word um, that we need to flesh out a little bit here and talk about and, and grasp and understand. Um, where, where do we start with that? Brian, I don't know. What, what do you think in terms of, uh, where do you, you go from there, thinking about the word assurance? Um, to quote Dr. Munseth, uh, the efficacy of the cross, I think that um, we start with the, the total victory, the once and for all mm-hmm. sacrifice for sins, as the writer of Hebrews mm-hmm. reminds us of, of the potency of Christ's life, death, and resurrection. I really think that's where we begin because when we understand, and we'll never understand it fully, but when we understand to a better degree the potency and the inexhaustible nature of the grace of God that was poured out through the life, death, and resurrection of Christ, Mm -hmm. when we begin to see that well that doesn't run dry, Mm -hmm. the extravagant mercy that flows uh, from Christ's victory, I think that's where we begin. You know, and then just reminding ourselves, and we do this in a loving, wonderful way to again birth humility, um, the total incapability that humanity has mm-hmm. to save itself, to sanctify itself, you know, mm-hmm. in any way, shape, or form. And when we can embrace those two things and we become really beautifully dependent upon Christ's mm-hmm. righteousness and his victory, and we rest in that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Just like a, a branch is in that vine, like Jesus talks about in John 15. You know, what does a branch do to bear fruit? It doesn't grunt. It doesn't push. It doesn't <laughs> ex- exert any effort. It's really a really good funnel mm-hmm. is what it really is. And if we become, if we can become really good funnels mm-hmm. of God's saving grace and God's love and mercy in our life and allow it to flow through our lives, mm-hmm. man, I think, that's where, I think that's where it is. But mm-hmm. and to extend that a picture of a funnel... The only reason it is a funnel is because it is firmly attached to the source of that Amen. grace. Amen. Yeah. Exactly. It's firmly anchored. And, and, you know, Luther highlights here that the flesh does not trust or believe in God naturally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So faith is not something we muster up in ourselves. No, exactly. But, yeah. but the, the, the quote that strikes me here from the large catechism, it's in paragraph 91 of this section, it says, if God does not forgive without stopping, we are lost. <laughs> Amen. And if that's not the nature and the definition of the gospel and mm-hmm. of the forgiveness of our sins, and then I don't know what we're doing as the church because it's it's this continual mm-hmm. forgiveness of sins and, like you said, the efficacy of the cross, the continual proclamation of the forgiveness of mm-hmm. sins is what keeps us in the faith. Wouldn't you guys kind of agree that there's kind of like that already and not yet aspect, as I mentioned before? Mm-hmm. And how do you guys teach that, like from the pulpit and from your Sunday school classes? How mm-hmm. do you guys try to get your congregation members 
to understand, and maybe even your children, mm-hmm. to understand <laughs> that already and not yet reality. Mm-hmm. Because in Christ, at the cross, yeah. over, you know, almost 2,000 years ago, our sins were totally and entirely paid for, period. Mm-hmm. And how we experience that in the here and now, of course, through the sacrament of, yeah. of Holy Supper. Yeah. But how do you teach that balance to your congregation and your kids? Uh, there's a line in the Augsburg Confession um, I think they're quoting Augustine. I'm not sure exactly where it is, but one of the things to remember is that our sins are forgiven not so that they do not exist anymore, but so that they are not counted against us. And that's a good starting place to illustrate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. And you know, I when you asked that question, I was just thinking about preaching law and gospel. You know, I think when you preach the law and all its sternness, that that hits the not yet part. Mm-hmm. Um, when you preach the gospel and all its sweetness, it it preaches the uh, yes already um, and and fully um, that sweet grace that God gives to us. Well, and 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 that is the the heart and soul of our preaching. If we try to move beyond the cross mm-hmm. or beyond the simple nature of law and gospel, mm-hmm. not it's not simply expressed. If we try to move beyond that, we're leaving the gospel behind. And, and what ends up happening is uh, the the very least of what we're doing is only feeding our people with junk food, mm-hmm. uh, but we're 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 going to end up starving their faith because we need to stay at home where the nourishment is. Yep. Yeah. And I think that continual application of the gospel continues to strengthen our assurance and and uh, really drive home that we are truly forgiven. We continuously need that grace as we go, as we sin daily, as, as Luther says here. Um, but we, we need to have that gospel continuously as we need the, the law too. But um, I think maybe we miss maybe more the, the gospel as it goes along in the Christian life. Yeah. And, you know, the older I get and the more that I um, am privileged to study God's word, the more excited I am to hear the gospel. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I've, I've I've said this to, you know, my kids and to also my congregation. If you don't get excited about hearing even the simple gospel again, if you don't get excited about that, mm-hmm. you really need to ask yourself why. Mm-hmm. That's a good question to seek to answer, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and I would think from a hearer's perspective, most often the answer is because we're idolaters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that we are trying to pay God back with our works. We want something to do. Yep, yep. In fact... When I've been criticized for my preaching that I don't move too far away from the cross, it's been, but pastor, I just want you to give me something to do. (laughs) Oh, no, I've heard that one. And and that's not the nature of church. Now, of course, we would recognize, does the Bible instruct? And then the answer is absolutely. But that is not the primary use of scripture. It's not that basic instructions before leaving earth acronym. It's that we're pointing to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Now, the law being God's will for our lives will always instruct. It will always give us something to do, but the the primary word mm-hmm. needs to be that forgiveness for us not doing it. Mm-hmm. On the other side of things, as we examine ourselves as pastors and preachers, is we are responsible to declare the gospel with all of the beauty and all of the variety and all of the mm-hmm. depth of imagery that the scripture mm-hmm. does. And, you know, I've gotten into ruts sometimes as, as a preacher mm-hmm. where saying where it the same way, yeah, saying yeah. it the same way. And, and it basically, when you say the gospel the same way over and over again, it's basically like saying, Oh, and by the way, Jesus died for your sins. Mm-hmm. And, and 
that I mean the the the, the images that the gospel is communicated with in scripture, you know, the scripture uses words, but it, it's these word pictures are, are vast and beautiful. And, and we do our, our members a disservice when we're not writing good sermons. Mm-hmm. No, that does not mean a pastor has to be the best preacher in the world to communicate the gospel. Because oh, the man. Holy Spirit no. No, I gotta works. We <laughs> work that sermon this week. It works, but it's a both end, right? We don't, mm-hmm. we can't ever just intentionally pack it in and not do our jobs. No. But it's the Holy Spirit that's carrying that to the hearts of the people. You know, we do our due diligence in studying the text because Jesus is worthy of that. Mm -hmm. And we do the best we can to communicate the gospel in a way that is clear, that is understandable, and and encouraging Mm -hmm. to all people. But it is not a show. And Mm -hmm. it's one of the things that probably irritates me is that when people even call pastors— that they judge the pastor solely on his ability mm-hmm. to preach, like his charisma and his things like that. Yeah, and we almost right. like vote that way too in America. And it's like, it makes me so angry because if it's become this horse and pony show, then what in the world is the church? You know, and I just get so frustrated. Mm-hmm. Again, not that we don't strive to communicate the gospel in a clear way. I listen to every single sermon every week. And I, I'm my worst critic. Mm-hmm. And I do that because God has called me to do. You had mentioned um, uh, fulfilling your ordination vows last episode, and that's what I'm trying yeah. to do, is to communicate God's word in an accurate and passionate way because it's mm-hmm. worthy of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not trying to entertain anybody out yeah. there. I do it because I'm excited to do it, and people who know me know that about me. And um, it's such an honor to do it. You know what I'm saying? To just be able to communicate the gospel, and it's such a, a privilege to do it. But boy, it's not a show, and it's not about just having the this flow and this other stuff. I just want to throw that out the window, and let's, let's just really focus on the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Embrace who God has made you to be as the personality that you are as a pastor. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Just give God glory. Mm-hmm. And maybe you don't speak as eloquently as as X person or this person or some big preacher on TV or radio. Who cares? You have the honor and the privilege in that congregation you're serving in or however you serve or your family. You have the honor and privilege of, of preaching the gospel there. Mm-hmm. And that's, that is an honor. Mm-hmm. We should see it that way. Yep. And I don't know what's more damning for the American church is that the people in the church are clamoring for and after celebrity pastors mm. or that the men in the church who are pastors are climbing all over each other to be that celebrity pastor. Mm-hmm. We're chasing after that popularity, chasing yeah. after that influence. You know, I, I don't know how many uh, congregations I've come into on the periphery and, and especially in an independent congregational context like the AFLC is who are paranoid that their pastor, who happens to be a very good pastor, is using their church as a stepping stone mm. for bigger and better things. You know, that ought not to be. Uh, you know, and, and congregations should not be paranoid about that. You know, this, it's not like there are promotions or demotions mm-hmm. in the kingdom of God in that way. But but pastors, we have to be careful that we're not chasing after prestige, you know, and it, it is, we come under a lot of fire because we promote the podcast on <laughs> Facebook because otherwise no one would know to listen to yeah. it. And we've talked about 
various places where we've been speaking before. Mm-hmm. But but I I I'm try to be very careful yeah. to to that's not about me. It's right. not about the pride of place that I have. It's not about my celebrity status or lack thereof in my own denomination. It's because we've been given a message to preach. Mm-hmm. And when and we're asked to do it, you're it's walking our vocation. In your vocation. vocation. Yeah. 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 Yes. Trying to be If you hadn't opened the episode last I week, was gonna say, that, did we get yep. to vocation? Yeah, we Whoa. I don't we think so. We talked about it a couple times. <laughs> we're, we're out of practice, but, man. Uh, <laughs> what this has to do with forgiveness, I don't know. And this soapbox moment mm-hmm. was brought well, to you by being Lutheran. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, you, you want to know does. what this has to do for It has everything to do because of the purity of the gospel yeah. and our motives for doing it. We're, our motives will never be pure because we're sinful people. Mm-hmm. But you know what? There's a check and balance systems that we can have as pastors to stay true to the gospel of Christ, to embrace mm-hmm. Paul's statement, I choose to know nothing of lofty words of wisdom, but mm-hmm. to bring you Christ and him crucified. Bring it. Well, yeah. And, and, and what this has to do with forgiveness is that the vocation of a pastor is twofold. First of all, the vocation of a pastor is to be a truth teller. We speak the truth mm-hmm. of God's word. Always. That's what we do. What God's word says, we say it, even if it's uncomfortable. But in that, the truth of God's word, pastor as truth teller is a forgiver of sins. Mm-hmm. That is the truth of God's word is that your sins are forgiven. Could that be the keys to the kingdom? That is the mm. keys to the kingdom. In actuality, in history, in reality, your sins have been paid for by Jesus Christ mm-hmm. on the cross. They're not swept under the rug. They're not being ignored. They're not coming back. They have been dealt with. And, yep. and that's where the assurance of the forgiveness of sins comes from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Amen. Yeah, good. Well, do you guys want to spend a few minutes here talking about the the part here about as we forgive those yeah, who... We, we, we tried to chew up a whole... Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, another episode not getting to the... the, the 800 I'm like, I'm going to hold, this, hold our feet to the fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's this added part, and I don't say added as if it's not supposed to be there. It's an additional throwaway part. Oh. Yes, the throwaway clause of the fifth <laughs> petition. Uh, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And so... Yep. You know, we all know that that means that's the condition that's on our forgiveness mm-hmm. and God won't ever forgive us if we hold right. grudges, right? Yeah, is that yeah, what it's yeah, saying? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're good. All right. Good. I sense some sarcasm here. <laughs> well, this is phrased in one of those ways where we have to walk very carefully to highlight the truth. This is not the condition of our forgiveness because it would call into question God's mm-hmm. grace and mercy. God's grace and mercy. He's, he's not just waiting back, waiting for us to forgive others. That would yeah. be works righteousness. Mm-hmm. That would be, you know, would be triggered by our activity. And if that were the case, not only would it be works righteousness, there would be no assurance. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you've ever been angry with someone and then just let that anger die by moving on, could you ever know that you've forgiven the person who wounded you? I mean, mm-hmm. literally, is the kid who punched me in the face in sixth grade, have I forgiven him? Is that a true story? It is a true oh, story. Okay. Uh, I thought he was going to pull his punch, and he thought I was going to duck. And so he <laughs> hit me across the face with a haymaker at full speed oh, and just wow. dropped me. <laughs> So, Chris Arnold, if you're listening, uh, uh, somehow, uh, I forgive you. (laughs) Hopefully, before this moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) But no, it's, you know, what what is getting after here in God's word, in the Lord's prayer, is not that you aren't forgiven if you don't forgive. It's Mm -hmm. that if you're not forgiving, you fail to understand the gospel. And we have both an issue of unrepentance and an issue of... Are you trusting in the right gospel? I think that means our funnel is plugged. 
<laughs> yeah, or you've been snapped off the branch altogether mm-hmm. and to be grafted back in. That's yeah. the language of Romans, isn't yeah, it? Exactly. Yeah, it's it's. What's the the parable of the uh, the uh, wicked servant? Yes. Yeah, we'll yeah, be covering the, that in two one. episodes. Yep, yep. But it's the 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 man is forgiven such a large sum of mm-hmm. money that even if he had you know, stolen at all, he'd never be able to pay the king back. Yeah, exactly. And then he's unwilling to forgive his buddy the $10, mm-hmm. yep. you know, yep. debt that he incurred and threw him in the debtor's prison. Yeah. That's the nature of your unforgiveness. Mm-hmm. And again here, to make sure we're covering all our bases, we are not flippantly moving past someone who's been abused, mm-hmm. someone who's been tortured, someone who, you know, that, that breach of trust, that, that is an issue that is beyond the general scope of mm-hmm. what's being said here. You know, and, and, and even in forgiveness, mm-hmm. we aren't advocating to, to foolishly and ignorantly putting yourself back in a position where that's going to happen. There are consequences to our actions, even if we are forgiven. Mm-hmm. You know, the example I always use is that instead of committing suicide, if Adolf Hitler... Uh, after World War II had fallen apart for the Third Reich, and if Adolf Hitler had repented and surrendered, uh, God would have forgiven his sins, and he still would have been tried as a court criminal, as a, as a, mm-hmm. as a war criminal. Both those are true. Yeah, because it doesn't undo the consequences of our actions as mm-hmm. far as the justice that, justice that God set up in this earthly realm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and, and so what we want to do here in highlighting God's forgiveness is not to belittle someone who has been abused, who mm-hmm. has been a victim. But at the same time, what we're when we're looking at the petty unforgiveness that each of us hold on to, this is the same nature uh, of the law that we talked about in the Ten Commandments, is that we have the law not so that we can point out to everyone else when they harm us, mm-hmm. but so that we can examine ourselves and realize all the times we've harmed our neighbors. Mm-hmm. Because in reality, the, the damage that has been done to us by another person absolutely pales in comparison to the forgiveness we've received in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yep. And, yep. and that's where we start with this. And, and when we get into the messy situational stuff, that's a podcast for a different time. That's a discussion for a sure. different time. But but that's not the principle that's being covered mm-hmm. here. It's that uh, if, if someone stole 10 bucks out of your locker at school or out of your purse at work and you're enraged by them and refuse to forgive them, it's a fundamental misunderstanding of all of the breadth and depth and mm-hmm. quantity that you've been forgiven by God mm-hmm. in Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, amen. And it begins with humility yeah. and just returning to the cross. Repentance, yeah, always man. repentance. Yes. Yep. yep. Great. Well, sounds good. Let's wrap it up here, guys. Okay, Luke chapter 24, Jesus is speaking. He said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened up their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written, that the Christ should suffer, and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and the forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also, invite a friend to check us out on iTunes. Please join us next time as Pastor Jason, Pastor Brett, and myself continue our discussion on the fifth petition of the Lord's Prayer, looking at an Old Testament passage and its application for us as believers. God bless you. Have a great week.